We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my beautiful friends. Thanks for being with us here today on Empower Radio. Now, do you ever feel you have gone down the wrong path of life or made some bad choices or taken some wrong turns? Would you like to go for your dreams but think it's just a little bit too late or that you've made too many mistakes? Well, I'm here to tell you today, right here and right now, that it is not too late. If you're breathing, there is a powerful opportunity to contemplate, consider, and actually embark on the path to a life you love. Today, I'm very excited to share an expert with you about this very topic. We're spending time with B.J. Gallagher. B.J. is an inspirational author and speaker and has been featured on CBS Evening News, The Today Show, Fox News, PBS, CNN, and has written for The O Magazine, Red Book, Ladies Home Journal, New York Times, Chicago Tribune, The Wall Street Journal, and more. B.J. has written many books, including her international bestseller, A Peacock in the Land of Penguins. Why don't I know? Why don't I? Nate, you're going to have to clip that out. B.J. has written many books, including her international bestseller, A Peacock in the Land of Penguins. Why don't I do the things I know are good for me? If God is your co-pilot, switch seats. And the book we're here to talk about today, It's Never Too Late to Be What You Might Have Been, A Guide to Getting the Life You Love. So, BJ, thank you for being here and having this conversation about saying yes to the life of our dreams. Well, thank you for inviting me, Tammy. I'm delighted. So, I want to know a little bit about your title and what inspired you to write this book. Well, like many of the things that I write, and perhaps most writers write it, it often comes from personal experience or personal insight or personal struggle. Um, In this case, I was approaching one of those big birthdays, uh, one that has a zero uh, in it. (laughs) Those are tough. (laughs) Yes, one of those. (laughs) And I was um, standing in the bathroom putting on my makeup one morning, and Um, this familiar voice came into my head. It's a voice that I'd heard off and on over the years, uh, sometimes frequently, sometimes not so frequently. And the voice said, give it up, honey. It's too late for you. And what that that meant was, (laughs) that is the voice of hopelessness. (laughs) And hopelessness, I don't know about you, but hopelessness shows up in my life every so often, like a bad penny. And uh, and hopelessness was saying you're it's too late. You're never going to find the man of your dreams. You're never going to make it to the New York Times bestseller list. You'll never get on Oprah's network. Um, you'll never make a million dollars. Blah blah blah. You know how hopelessness goes. Once he gets started, it's this downward spiral of yeah, all. Once you the let, start listening to that voice, it does. <laughs> it starts to go a little crazy. It goes crazy, and I kind of slipped it. I'm generally a very optimistic person, but I, I, maybe I was vulnerable that day, but it sort of sunk in for a few days, and I was kind of feeling in a funk. And then I was, I forget what I was reading, but I came across this quote by George Eliot that said, it's never too late to be what you might have been, and it literally jumped off the page at me, and I went, that's it. 
That's it. That's my new mantra for the rest of my life. Now, hopelessness, you just be gone. Be gone. I'm done with you. I'm not listening to you anymore. That's my new mantra. It's never too late to be what you might have been. A guide to getting the life you love. So, That's yes, right. I and then I was so talking to my friend Brenda. excited about this because I get it, you know. I mean, my fiancé left me when I was getting close to one of those big birthdays, and I felt really hopeless. I felt so sad, and I hear that a lot with clients. Well, I'm X numbers of years old, so what's the point? And I'm like, well, you're still breathing, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It can happen at any time. So let's talk about that first. One of your chapters is, it's never too late to find true love, finding one's soulmate. You know, it seems to be a big issue for a lot of people, no matter what their age. What advice would you give? What would you say about this very charged topic? Well, what I did for the book was I interviewed people who'd been there and done that. So it isn't so much my experience as people who have reinvented themselves. And so I interviewed people. Uh, everybody in the book is over 40. They range in their 40s to their 80s. However, it's one could be reinventing oneself in one's 20s or, or 30s also. Um, and so I talked to people about finding true love after 40. And some people said that you have to approach it like you would approach any project. It's like finding a job. You have to get organized. You have to have a plan. Um, it, it's, it's project management love 101. And that's how they approached it. They came up with a list of criteria. They let their friends know. They, they, they didn't have a timeline, but they did set an intention and, and, put things into place that would that would start the ball rolling. Other people told me just the opposite that when it's that when you give up finding the the love of your life, it's when you surrender to life as it is that things magically start to show up. So I actually encountered two schools of thought. Uh, one said it's all up to you, you go out and make it happen like a project. And the other said, no, 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 that's all wrong. Um, that the universe will surprise, they have to, you let the universe do the work and you just ask for what you want and just go about your daily life. So I put some of both stories in. I, I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. And I think, again, we have to find what resonates for us. I say all the time, cherry pick, take what works for you, leave the rest. Yes. So for ma'am. me, it was a, you know, in manifesting my relationship, it was a combination of those things. I did the active work. I, you know, worked on myself. I created the ideal scene and then I surrendered it. And then, you know, he showed up a week later. There you (laughs) go. So whatever, you know, there's a lot of different ways of of, uh, going about this material. And I love that you offer different types of stories and, you know, whatever inspires you is probably what you need to be, you know, paying attention to. Yes, I I think so. So, so if if an approach feels right, you sort of have to Try it on like a jacket. Like, does that feel right to me? Does that sort of feel like that would work for me? And then if that feels comfortable to you, 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 you go do it. But if you try it on and go, Oh God, no, that, that that would never, no, 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 that's not right for me at all. Then that's not the right path for you. I love that. I say, you know, um, spirituality is kind of like shopping. You take, you, you, you try on a bunch of different things and see what fits or like a buffet. You taste it and it's like, "Mm, that's not so good. We can just yes, keep going back I, I, I like to talk about Bur- Burger King spirituality. Have it your way. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm talking about. 
Order it your way. <laughs> I do, I do. That's right. A little bit from, it's like a Chinese menu, one from column A, two from column B. And, you know, we, we live in a very eclectic, eclectic spiritual universe with lots of wonderful teachers, lots of resources. And why limit yourself to just one? Uh, I totally agree. Take what works for you. I don't think we're supposed to be lemmings. I say all the time, if God wanted us to be like Canadian geese, all exactly the same, well, they look the same to me, he would have made us that way. Oh, mm-hmm. but he already did that. The point is to be different and to find our own way. I think that's being responsible. Right. And to find and to find your own path. I, yes. I've been heavily influenced by Buddha, who said that uh, I am not the way, I simply point the way. Mm-hmm. And that that you are the ultimate judge of your own spiritual path. You are the only one who can decide which path is right for you. I love that so much, BJ. I have this conversation a lot about people around Jesus because it's like they say, you know, Christians, he's the way, the truth, and light. And I said, but I think he was pointing us inward. The kingdom of heaven is within. These things and greater will you do. So mm-hmm. I think these were master teachers that were kind of saying the same thing. Well, I love what Matthew Fox says. He he wrote a book some years ago called One River, Many Wells, ah, and that God that. is an underground river um, going through the universe, and that each tribe or each culture drills its own well looking for spiritual water, and when they find it, they go, that's it. We found it. We found it. We, we found the well. We okay. found the water, and they think they're the only ones. But really, all the tribes, all the cultures are drilling into the same source. So it's just one one big giant river, but many different wells. And so, anyway, I, I, I like that idea a lot. It makes sense to me. It makes me makes me comfortable with with many spiritual practices because I I resonate to the truth in all of them, and I find the truth remarkably similar. I, I totally agree. I write that write about that in my book. I, I cherry pick from a lot of different spiritual traditions. And what you're saying, BG, also reminds me of that analogy of like being blindfolded and touching the elephant. Well, yes. an elephant t- feels like a big, you know, f- thick rope. No, it feels like a, a tree stump. You know, yeah. it's like nobody's wrong. Everybody, you know, is accurate in their perception. So right. I, I they're think all that's describing a fantastic it from their analogy. Own yeah, love it. So another. Um, subject that you address that's really a hot topic for people is money. You have a whole chapter entitled, It's Never Too Late to Gather Wealth. What lessons are in that chapter that you think um, might resonate for our listeners or help them right now? Uh, well, first of all, the most obvious one is that it's never too late. That, that's a message that people really have this belief like, I, I didn't start saving soon enough. I didn't start investing soon enough. It's too late. It's hopeless. I might as well give up now. And what I would say is that in 10 years, you're going to wish you'd started now. Um, that no matter how old you are, you still have a future. That it's never too late to make a U-turn. And there are some wonderful stories of people in there. One is a, a social worker um, who knew she was never going to get wealthy on a social worker's salary. And so she figured out early on what she needed to do to have the kind of freedom and the kind of retirement she wanted to have and, and made some significant choices along the way. Like one was to share housing with other people. In fact, my friend Shelley Campbell, who wrote The Wealthy Spirit, she writes books about nothing but money, 
And she lives in a multi-million dollar house in Brentwood and has for about 15 years, but she doesn't own it. She's a roommate with the woman who owns it. And she said, the, the myth of home ownership is just that. It's, it's a myth. You don't have to own something to enjoy it. And what happened was she, she declared bankruptcy. She lost all of her money. Her, her business went belly up. She was bankrupt. She didn't have a place to live. And so her, her poker friend, Shelly, said, well, I just recently got a divorce, and I've got this big house in Brentwood. Why don't you come live with me? And she said, okay. And she thought it was going to be just temporary, and I think the rent was about 800 bucks a month. Well, 15 later, 15 years later, she's still living there, enjoying the beautiful community of Brentwood, but doesn't have to fix the roof or fix the water heater. She enjoys all the benefits of a gorgeous home without actually owning the home because she's willing to share housing with someone. So there are all sorts of ways, creative ways to get what you want, including money, um, if you can be a little bit creative. I love that. It doesn't have to look like what we think it has to look like. Yeah. That's yeah, fantastic. Exactly. And also the role of spirituality. There's another story in there about, about a guy by the name of Sam Beasley, who was um, 25 years ago, he was a homeless, hopeless drunk. And he, he didn't even sleep in his car because he didn't have a car. He was sleeping in people's garages. And he joined a support group. First of all, he got sober. And then he joined a support group, and then he started paying attention to people who were being successful. He started asking them questions and learning from them. Um, he joined another support group that had to do with, with money, and uh, today he's a multimillionaire, 25 years later. I love and that he's story about so much. 65, so that means he started at 40. That's amazing. That's, pre- that's pretty remarkable, yeah. Yeah, yeah, doesn't have a college degree, and um, you know, always felt inferior about that. Always felt mm-hmm. like a little less than. Remarkable, remarkable stories, and you don't have to uh, dig very deep to find people around you um, who've done some simple creative things to make U turns in their life, financially, romantically, physically, creatively, career wise. It's never too late to make a U turn. Yes, I love that about your book. It includes some really inspirational stories about people who have reinvented themselves, as you mentioned, professionally with their health, creatively, financially. Are, do you see certain commonalities or traits that these people have all shared in their journeys about making that U-turn? Yes, it, it was an inside job. Ah, it, I love that so much. It started with a belief that the first person, the first thing they had to do was, was believe that it was possible. I, it's, it sounds like such a cliche because we hear it so often. But if you believe something's possible, it is. And if you believe something's impossible, it is. It is. Whether you're it, right or whether you think you're right or wrong, you're right. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. So that's yeah. what I saw in com- what they had in common. First of all, was they, they had a belief. They made a decision. They made a commitment. They said, you know what? Here's what I believe. I'm going to take a stand for this. The second thing is many of them had to resist um, or deal with the, the advice and concern of their loved ones because sometimes their family and friends were the least 
supportive of what they were up to because their own fear got in the way. It's like, oh, sweetheart, that's too scary. That's too dangerous. Oh, you'll fall flat on your face. Play it safe. And I would say there's no place on the map called safe. Don't look for safety. Look for opportunity. There is no safety out there. Absolutely. There, say that there is time. none. And so, so sometimes it, it, it's important to be careful who you share your dreams and goals with because the naysayers may be in your own family or in your own community of friends. And so be careful that you don't let those people um, drag you down into the land of no. Yeah, uproot your little sapling of your dream. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know, I like the analogy of being a crab in a bucket. And it's like oftentimes our closest family and friends, you're all in the same vibrational frequency. And if you're a crab trying to get out, they'll pull you back down. Yeah. And it's not because they're not well-intentioned, but it's often because they want you to stay, quote-unquote, safe. I, I love yes. that, BJ. they love you. They love you. That, that, that fear, um, fear comes from a desire to protect your loved one, um, but fear can also keep you from growing. It can be your friend. Mm-hmm. It can also be your enemy. It can motivate you and inspire you or it can paralyze you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely know that that is true. So... What do you think the biggest hurdle is, the biggest barrier for people who are thinking, well, yeah, I'd like to reinvent myself, but I just don't know. What would that barrier be? Self-doubt and fear. Yeah. So, again, it's it's an inside job. It's it's second-guessing yourself, thinking, oh, I don't have what it takes. I'll never make it. And, um and, and and just being afraid, being afraid of what other people will think, mm-hmm. being afraid That's of a making one. a mistake, being afraid of falling on your face, being afraid of losing a little money, um, all those fears hold hold people back. I um, Maybe I'm just a natural born risk taker, but I've always thought, well, if I make a mistake, so what? I've still got some life left. I can, most decisions in life are renegotiable. So if you make a decision... I love that. Most decisions in life are renegotiable. They are. Very few of them are life and death decisions. Like, say you have an unwanted pregnancy and you're trying to decide whether to get an abortion or not. That decision isn't renegotiable. So that's a life and death decision that isn't renegotiable. But other than that and a few others, all the rest of them are renegotiable. So if you make a decision and you try something, say you go back to school or you start a business or you um, you fall in love with some wonderful person, and and then you get into it and you go, oh, this isn't what I thought it would be. Oh, no, 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 this isn't for me. You renegotiate and you try something else. You have a plan B, a plan C, a plan D, a plan E. You just go back to the buffet. Make another choice. (laughs) I love what what uh, what Edison said. The guy who invented the light bulb. He said, "I have not failed. I simply found ten thousand ways that didn't work." I I have that quote in my book, and I think it's fantastic. You just keep trying. Yes, failure isn't the end. It's a stepping stone to success. Exactly. Exactly. And I would say if you're not making mistakes, you're not taking enough risk. <laughs> Another really good tweetable quote. <laughs> it's true. That's fantastic. It's true. If you're playing it safe and you never make a mistake, you're missing a lot of opportunity. Nobody ever achieved greatness 
by playing it safe. No one. You, you're, you're saying all these things. I, I need to take some notes here. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever got to greatness playing it safe. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. So exactly. in your book, you also have a chapter devoted to becoming fit or athletic. So a lot of people are like, well, you know, I, I'm just so used to just sitting on the couch. You know, it's like, it's not going to happen. What would you say to those people? <laughs> well, I, I, I would look around and, and take a look at the older people around you and ask yourself who you most want to be like. And... um if you have family members who are dealing with age-related health issues, that exercise is the fountain of youth. I mean, I'm a couch potato. I spent the first half of my life being an intellectual. I'm trying to spend the second half of my life being a jock. <laughs> it would have been easier if I'd done it the other way around, but I didn't. When I was a girl growing up, we weren't encouraged to be athletic. So. Right. So I'm so I'm starting now, but I look around. My my dad is 90. My mother's 86. I come from a long-lived family, so I I, I forget who it was. It said if I'd known I was going to live this long, I'd have taken better care of myself. <laughs> so the older I get, the more I exercise, the more right. I want to stay fit, because I see what happens to old people who don't stay fit. Yes, that it's awful to be alive and to be uh, crippled up with uh, you know chronic diseases and and arthritis and gout and heart disease and strokes and all the rest well exercise is a great it, it there's nothing that's a, that's 100% sure going to guarantee you a, a fit old age i also get it, but but exercise comes close it comes yes. close and i, I get totally inspired by body. people take care of the sacred vehicle Yes. I, yes. I read just yesterday this wonderful woman, I can't pronounce her last name, it was I think Olga Kolkata or something like that, this um, a, a woman who had emigrated from, from Eastern Europe. She just died at 95. Well, she took up track and field at the ripe old age of 77. <laughs> 77. That's amazing. And, and she set all sorts of world records for different age groups. She traveled the world and competed in tra track and field. I mean, not tennis, not swimming, track and field. And I thought, I heard her interviewed on NPR some months ago, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm in my 60s. I've got a 10-year head start on her. Wow. What if, what it's if never I started too late to be who now, you might have been. What, yeah, what if I took up track and field now? What would that be like? And I, and you know, she just had a wonderful old age. She lived, um, she just died at 95. So she had a wonderful last 18 years of her life, traveling the world, meeting people, competing in events, setting world records. <laughs> How cool is that? It's so cool. You know, one of my favorite toasts is to the best things have ever been and to the best still being yet to come. And I think if you're still breathing, that can be the case. The best yes. can still be yet to come. You know, we're, yes. we're in a youth-obsessed culture. But I'm telling you, uh, my life gets better and better and better every every year. I wouldn't have believed that in my 20s or 30s that it was going to be possible to move into my 40s and beyond with um, so much fulfillment, so much joy. So uh, I love your message, BJ. Oh, thank I you. think it's just really inspirational and, and so positive. And I want you to tell people how they can find you, how they can get a hold of you or your books and, and know more and learn more from you. 
Well, I'm very easy to find if they just Google me. All of my books are, um, well, they're not all in, in bookstores because some of them are old, but they're certainly all available on Amazon. Um, the new one, It's Never Too Late to Be What You Might Have Been, is in all your local bookstores. So if you have a local bookstore, check there first. I love to support the local bookstores. I have a couple of websites. Uh, BJGallagher.com is one of them. PeacockProductions.com is my business website. I also write business books. Um, and, and so they can, they can, and I'm just very easy to find. Yes, I love I'm that on about Twitter. You. I'm on Facebook. Very easy Ooh, to find. I'm going to find you on Facebook. Love Facebook. Oh, me too. I'll be friending you later this afternoon. I also write for Huffington Post. So uh, I try to write every week. Sometimes I miss a few weeks. Um, but uh, they can, they can uh, read my columns on Huffington Post as well. Fantastic. Okay, so we have about a minute left, BJ. I want you to share one bit of important advice with our listeners right now before we part ways. I guess I would repeat something I said earlier that, because it pertains to the topic, that whatever it is that's your heart's desire, 10 years from now, you'll wish you had begun today. That's good. That pretty much sums it up, puts it in a nutshell. And it's very, very true with a capital T. You're never going to be younger than you are right now. (laughs) Yeah. So you didn't start yesterday. So what? So start today. (laughs) Exactly. I love that. So, BJ, you have been a pleasure, and I'm very excited you've said yes to doing another show with me. I'm excited to get you back on Empower Radio. I think you're just amazing. Oh, thank you. Yes, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. This was a blast. That's gonna be a blast. And and to my listeners, thanks for hanging out with us. I know you got great value from BJ. Check her out on Facebook. Get her book. It's never too late to be who you might have been. So true. And uh, be in touch with me. I love to connect with you. Con- have a conversation. Find me on Facebook or at Tammy B PhD spelled with an I. Just know that you're in my heart. You're in my meditations and prayers. Onward and upward. Bye for now. <laughs>